Yeah, I see some of y'all don't work very hard in the month of June. You take your summer vacations. You take your kids to Disney World. Not Mario Cristobal. June is official visit season, my friends, and that grind never stops. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, South Florida Sports Radio vet, University of Miami alum. I've done pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes Radio Network. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free to watch on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I was looking through this morning the list of official visits for the month of June, all the four stars and all the five stars. And yeah, we got a lot to unpack. And who better to unpack that with? And our very good friend, John Garcia Jr. He's the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. So, John, how are you, sir? It's, it's been a minute, and there's always something to talk about when it comes to the Canes. Yeah, that, that last part in particular. I, I'm doing well. Um, you know, I'm still licking my wounds from the heat game last night. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on yeah. to, to football things uh, in this conversation. So I'll, I'll stay focused there for you. Well, yeah, and listen, uh, I was looking through, again, the official visits for June. There's a few names. Some of these are five stars, but I want to start with a four-star that really jumps off the page for me. He's considered an athlete. I, I think most places project him to be a D-lineman, defensive end, could probably play tight end as well. Uh, you know, It's Collins Achampo, who's living in Southern, Car uh, Southern California in Anaheim, but he's from Ghana, and he came to this country – to play basketball, uh, probably everybody told him, like, bro, you could be an NFL player someday. You've got to try football. And he's going to be playing his first season of football next year as a high school senior, and he's already a four-star. And <laughs> he looks the part, John. I mean, we were talking a little bit off-air, and, and you brought up the name Calais Campbell. That's what Collins Achampo looks like. Uh, I see Miami made his, uh, his finalists. Uh, Miami and Michigan were the only teams in his finalists that are – outside of the West Coast. He's got Oregon, USC, and I think UCLA in his top five as well. So Miami is one of the uh, the rare spots for him, the only spot on the East Coast. Uh, but seems like Miami's been recruiting a Champo heavily. So what's the temperature there? Yeah, uh, well, the temperature is like, hey, you just need to get him to that official visit. And, and that's scheduled, I believe, the weekend of June 24th. Uh, and, and yeah, this is when you talk about international prospects, and look, this is a growing thing to, to consider uh, in the game of football as it becomes more global, erase all connotations around the kid relative to the programs recruiting him. Uh, you know, he doesn't know about, you know, the last however many national titles. It's a totally different um, approach. And it is truly, for, for international recruits in particular, we deal with a lot of them in Florida, it really is about the relationships. It's not as much about the program prestige, the NFL pipeline, all the stuff we hear about NIL, the day-to-day -day from American recruits. It's totally different when you, you talk about an international kid. So uh, for Miami, it's it's been a multi-pronged approach. You know, Mario Cristobal's personally 
recruiting Collins uh, himself in addition to some other coaches. So I think that's been a really good barometer on the front end of this thing. Um, but like you said, a lot of West Coast schools, the, the two local schools are in there for him. So I do think that official visit will will literally make or break Miami's chances. You know, uh, I do think, you know, if if all things are even, you get down to South Florida, climate-wise, you'll see some similarities and some considerable differences from Southern California. I think those will be favorable for the Canes. Uh, and I think the last official visit before his decision date, which yeah. is July 1st, that is so critical. If if you've got a puncher's chance, you want to set it up to have that last impression. Because, again, foundationally, this kid has not played a lot of football. He has not seen a ton of football. It's just impossible for him to have seen as much football as the conventional recruit. So that last impression could weigh heavier with Collins uh, compared to other recruits. So with that July 1st decision date, he's he's going to be on campus a week before that uh, down at the U. That will play paramount uh, with him. Uh, and again, this is a, a personal recruit that Cristobal is reaching out to. That alone will keep Miami in the mix. Um, and I think that will be a unique option relative to the others on his list. So you got to stay in the hunt, stay on him before he gets down here. And then when he takes the visit itself, you've obviously got to try to hammer it home. And that's something I learned from John Garcia. You want to have the first official visit or the last official visit. You don't want to be in the middle. And Miami's got the last one for this young man. Uh, so a June 17th official visit, Jaden Wayne, edge rusher from Tacoma, Washington, five-star player, excellent player. Now he's from out there, way out there in the Pacific Northwest, but he is considering a lot of schools in the South, Georgia, LSU, Bama. So big boys are on the list. Oregon as well. I, I noticed... Oregon and Miami are in the mix for a lot of it. I don't know if it's because Cristobal was already recruiting a lot of these players and then he came to Miami, but I noticed Miami and Oregon are like on the list for every single recruit, John. But what can you tell us about Jaden Wayne? Yeah, and then, you know, Oregon hired uh, the coach from Georgia and some other coaches with yeah. Southern ties. So it's working both ways between those two. That'll be fascinating. But yeah, Jaden Wayne's got a long list of suitors and a very busy month of June ahead, as you mentioned. Uh, he just visited Georgia. I really liked that trip. I mean, look, you're a defensive lineman checking out that school. It's, you know, it's the right time uh, for Georgia there. So so they got that first official visit. Um, you know, Bama still, you know, right there uh, at or near the top of his recruitment as things currently stand. I saw an interview with one of our colleagues today where he was on Zoom with Saban on Wednesday uh, and then reaffirmed that Bama's in pole position right now. But that's ahead of all these other official visits. Uh, so there's certainly room to improve uh, your standing if you're Miami, if you're Oregon, uh, if you're LSU, um, but you're going to get an official visit. And I think that's the next step for Jaden Wayne. He has been down to Miami, I believe, once or twice, uh, but he's visited a lot of other schools more frequently. Uh, so you certainly want to re rehash that impression that you made those first couple of times. And, and like you said, Alex, Cristobal and company have been recruiting him at Oregon. So there is a longstanding familiarity with, with what they can bring. And obviously you can sell Kayvon Thibodeau as, as the most recent uh, kind of, hey, we identified, evaluated, brought him in kind of guy. And, and he played as a true freshman. He really broke out the following year and, and became a top, you know, top five, top 10 pick. Uh, so you can sell those similar things uh, to a Jaden Wayne. Um, I thought it was fascinating that Washington, you know, really isn't being associated with him as much. So the in-state school probably yeah. on the outside looking in. So he's he's already thinking of greener pastures. He's already a well-traveled 
recruit uh, who's been down to Coral Gables in the past. So I think uh, same deal, you know, official visit season, you, you got to hit it uh, the right way to compete. Um, but I do also think that Jaden could take his time, you know, compared to some of these other prospects with, with that final decision date. So uh, again, more, more pressure to make a huge impression in the midst of a bunch of official visits in June. Uh, Miami has had a great track record, uh, not even just in the last five, 10 years, really in the last 30 or 40 years with tight ends. Uh, and, you know, they just landed a, a big, uh, big one in 2022 in Jaleel Skinner for 2023. I'm looking at four star tight end Jackson Howard, who's visiting in the end of June. I know Miami is very much in the mix for him. Uh, what do you think the temperature is for Jackson Howard to the Canes? I think there's a really good uh, temperature rising uh, element between these two parties, you know, just four schools uh, in the mix there. Um, you know, the in-state you know, Minnesota Golden Gophers are in there. I was talking to some sources up there and, and, and they're concerned about Miami. You know, they, they understand that uh, there's a lot of mutual interest here. A lot of programs have recruited him at tight end. Some are saying, hey, you're a great athlete, kind of like Collins, who we talked about earlier. Come in and, and we'll we'll kind of figure that out later. I think Miami's you know it, more in that side of of the argument in terms of bringing him in, and, and you're going to get uh, an official visit out of him as well. Uh, so I do think those are great things lining up uh, for the Canes. There is there is a, a, a thought that he is certainly leaving you know his home area uh, for college, not confirmed. And, and look, he's been in Minnesota more than any other school, so you understand if he you know becomes their headliner and hometown savior kind of guy. But there is a lot of recent momentum for the programs uh, outside of the state and, and Miami, again, right in the thick of, of that conversation. So I think they're in a really good position to begin to pair some of these tight end recruits with what they brought in last year in Jalil Skinner. And Howard is arguably, you know, the highest on the board for Miami and, and a lot of schools going forward. Uh, D lineman David Hicks uh, is he's got an official visit scheduled uh, three-day visit, I think, June 10th, 11th, and 12th. But um, from what I understand, like Miami is considered cold for him. So do you think this is a case where, you know, he just wants a free trip to Miami? Like, you know, and I don't blame anybody. If, if somebody wants to take an official visit somewhere just for the experience, I get it that it happens. Like, do you think this is a case of that? Or, you know, is there a chance they can really turn his sentiment around once they get him on campus? Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're a high profile recruit and you're taking officials, I don't think at one point they've really become about, hey, let me just go take a vacation. I think there's there's been a lot push a lot of pushback against that notion mm -hmm. over the years. But but Hicks has got a ton of suitors. I mean, this is one of the top you know pass rusher types in the state of Texas. A big framed kid who's you got a lot of buzz with the in state programs, as you would have mentioned, right? With you know Texas or you would imagine. Texas A&M, yeah. number one class last year, huge D-line hall. Texas uh, can do their thing uh, as well as, as the other schools um, in that SEC footprint uh, that are recruiting him. So, um, you know, he's been busy, though. I, I think, you know, the whole hot-cold thing is, is not updated every day. Uh, so, you know, when you're taking an official visit, you can't be cold in my mind. That, that's where I was okay. getting that with that roundabout way. Um, and it's a three day visit. Like you said, I think that that puts a little bit more onus on the interest uh, between both parties. You know, he's talked highly of Miami in the past. Uh, when I saw him in March over in Texas, uh, Miami is one of the first schools he brought up. So I, I do think that there's a legitimate interest 
now here between both parties. Uh, and again, you can't take an official visit as as a courtesy or anything like that. It it means something nowadays, especially when you start to think of all the things around a big name blue chip recruit, NIL, uh, marketing, all that, mm. that stuff matters. So you're not going to just take a, a random trip. Although I did see uh, a big time lineman uh, scheduled Arkansas State official visit the other day. So maybe I'm wrong. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? A, a lot of my judgment on that stuff gets clouded by stories that I've heard from Channing Crowder, who I've worked with, because it, it sounds like back in his day when he was getting recruited, he took some OBs just for the sake of it. So maybe, maybe they don't do that so much anymore. But we're going to continue with John Garcia on the other side. I, I want to get John's take on what Miami just did, which – caught me by surprise until I saw Dave Hyde report it. Uh, I didn't think uh, that a hiring of Alonso Highsmith to become the new GM of football operations. I didn't think that was in- imminent. That really came out of left field for me, how that could affect recruiting. Uh, so guys want to make sure you remember our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, John mentioned our Heat took one on the chin on Wednesday night. I hope they can bounce back. Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Canes your first listen. For your next listen, after we're done, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game repacks, recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Here with John Garcia, Jr., Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. So, John, I think it's it's a I think it's a seismic move, what Miami did hiring Alonzo Highsmith, who so many times in recent years has been rumored to be coming back, right? About <laughs> yeah, three years yeah. ago, they talked about hiring for, for the same job they just hired him for. A few months ago, he was kind of in the mix maybe to be athletic director before they got Dan Radakovich, but uh, announced, uh, reported by Dave Hyde and announced, I think, on Thursday morning or late Wednesday night, they have officially hired Alonzo Highsmith. And first of all, John, maybe you know better than me. Is this like general manager of football operations? They're starting to run Miami like an NFL team. I, I don't know of other schools that have a position like this. There are a few, but not many, Alex. You know, I think, you know, your younger, more modern, recruiting heavy coaching staffs understand that, look, it is not just about the head coach and the rest of the on-field coaching staff. You have to build a monster support staff. Uh, and I think, you know, I know when Mario Cristobal took this job, he's like, look, I've got to not only nail these position coaching hires, which, I mean, you talk about names and recruiters. I, I think this is one of the better staffs in the country. But when you talk about off the field, you have to supplement with those guys because there are too many recruits. There's there's too much to keep up with uh, for the guys that also have to game plan and, and go win games on Saturday. So we're seeing a little bit more of a push towards general managers, guys who aren't just director of player personnel. It's like above that, right? You're managing right. all aspects of the roster. Uh, and then obviously that factors into recruiting. You know, I, I think this is a, a major recruiting play uh, for Cristobal and company. Obviously the familiarity is there. Uh, as, as both of them said, they, they understand what it means at Miami to, to be at the peak of college football. And I think when you look at it from the recruiting perspective, uh, from the kids' perspective, 
this is a guy who's been there and done that in, in gosh, every way, right? Player, uh, personnel guy, um, NFL executive. I mean, all of these things that um, that resonate with recruits. Uh, it's one thing to have played in the NFL, but to have been in the business of the NFL as long as Alonzo has, I do think will sell. And, and look, he's you know he's he's going home. Uh, it, it feels a lot like when when Mario made the move. It, it's just like look, you, optically from an outsider's perspective, you're like. Why are you leaving this to go to that when that has not been great of late? But when it, when that's home uh, and you understand what that can be, it's a different selling point. Uh, and then I was also like, I wonder when he was up there in Oregon, close to Seattle, where where Alonzo's coming from, if they maybe had you know run into each other and like, hey, if I take this Miami job, I need you. Like I need you to come down with me. So it, it might have taken a little a little bit longer than Mario thought, but obviously a huge name uh, in this community. Uh, and, and again, even for those recruits that don't understand that when they start getting into like, Hey, I'm, you know, I was with the Packers. I was with the Seahawks recently uh, helping with drafts, helping with management in general, those things will really perk a recruits ears up. And then you can fill them in on the backstory of like, Oh yeah, I also, you know, was better than you at football <laughs> on top of it. You know, that, that stuff will really, really hit home with kids. And we, we're seeing that all over the place at Miami with, with the staff and the off-the-field group that that they've put together. Uh, that's really, really well said. And so something else that we've talked about this on a couple of our episodes this week. I'm hoping it was an oversight because I still feel like Miami versus Florida State, like even over the years when one team's up and one team's down or sometimes when both teams are down, it's still, I think, one of the bigger games in college football. And 24-7 Sports put out their preseason list of top 100 biggest games and they they left out Florida State at Miami yeah. and they even had like they had Florida State versus Louisiana on the list and not not the LSU game that's a big game but they had Florida State versus Louisiana on the list they had like Miami versus Virginia Tech and Pitt and North Carolina but not Miami versus Florida State um you can speak to I think John even better than I can because I maintain that's definitely one of the top 100 if not like the top 40 games in college football next year, even if Florida State is not expected to be very good. They did beat Miami last year, and they weren't very good last year either. I still think it's a big game, but how big is that game for recruiting? Because they they recruit so many of the same players, John. Oh, there's – I mean, there's really no other way to spin it. I mean, FSU can't recruit the panhandle alone, right? They have to mm -hmm. dip into South Florida every great – FSU team has has Miamians and Broward County natives decorated throughout that thing. So yeah, it's a huge deal in this state. Uh, I'm I'm shocked. I'm like I want to check the article out and hit Control F. Like really? Like this this wasn't on there. Um, you know this it's a huge deal, and I think it elevates based on what happened last year. Like you said, uh, neither team was great, but it was a, a very back and forth game. And it was a last minute touchdown that won it. I mean, that is a huge deal in this state. There are a ton of kids that overlap between the two programs. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's a throw the records out kind of game. And all of those should be in any kind of ranking, especially one that hits triple digits. My goodness. That's uh, a little embarrassing in, in my opinion. Uh, and I look, you know, I think uh, it will be reemphasized. I'll say that. It will be reemphasized when it comes around this year. And I think because, again, like if Miami blew them out last year and, you know, it was just kind of boring, whatever, fine. Like, you could, I guess, start to shape that argument. But it was it's a rivalry game that was, was, was gritty and down to the wire last year. And the worst team won. So 
you have, I mean, Miami's going to come out, you know what, for, for that game. They always do anyway, but there's going to be a little extra sauce on top of it because it, it was, you know, one of Tyler Van Dyke's worst games, and it was one of the worst games of the season for Miami. So um, even though it's a new coaching staff, a lot of those players were obviously involved, and, and that's going to resonate. And I would imagine Miami will be a strong favorite in that game this early on, but it will also mean something to win by as wide a margin as possible because it always does in that game. But yeah, it's recruiting on the field, perception, all that stuff. It, it matters uh, even when the teams are down, like you said. So I'm, I'm surprised just like you are. Well, everyone, you want to make sure you check out John's work, Sports Illustrated, and follow him on Twitter. He gives you the goods at John Garcia underscore junior is where you find him. He's the director of football recruiting for SI. John, I can't thank you enough, man, for stopping by. Have a wonderful weekend coming up. Always a pleasure, Alex. Take care, man. I love it. He always brings it strong, John Garcia. And you guys always bring it strong. So we've been talking about this, this oversight. <laughs> no Miami versus Florida State in the top 100 biggest games this coming season. And, you know, listen, the thing is, the amazing thing about it is, even if Florida State sucks this coming year, they might. What if Miami stinks this coming season i'm not expecting it but listen i've been a miami fan all my life i've i've seen disappointment over the years i know disappointment even if both teams are bad or one team's really bad and really good that game is going to matter because it's miami versus florida state and i want to read some tweets you guys sent us on your favorite um versus fsu memories over the years when we come back here on locked on canes on the locked on podcast network and thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, available free also on YouTube. So if you're a YouTuber, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, hit that like button, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So, yeah, listen, um, I know you could say some of the games Miami play this coming season that are on that top 100 list against Virginia Tech, that made the list, against North Carolina, against Pittsburgh. I get it. Coastal Division, you know, these teams are, are near, you know, they're, they're more similar in how they're projected to be this coming season. Um, so you're expecting more competitive games there because Miami is a preseason nine and a half point favorite against Florida State for what that's worth. But that's the type of game where you throw out the records. You throw out the records. You're going to get a packed stadium at Hard Rock for that one. I would hope the stadium's packed for most, if not all, the games Miami plays this coming year. And it's going to matter. It's going to feel like it matters, even if some of you don't think it matters, because Miami versus Florida State is always one of the biggest rivalry games in the country. So we put it out there on our Twitter account, and you can follow the show at Locked on Canes. At Locked on Canes on Twitter. Let's keep building that community. We follow back. Yes, you follow us at Locked on Canes. We will follow you back. So we tweet it out. What's your favorite Miami versus FSU memory? JD says wide right one. I've got a special place in my heart for wide right one, wide right two, wide right three, wide left. Some of my best memories as a college football fan. Uh, Tom, Tom in Hollywood goes back a little farther than I do. I understand the importance of that game. I was not alive for it. I was born in 1984. He says in 1983, 17-16 to win to qualify for the Orange Bowl. Yep, Miami qualified for the Orange Bowl. They beat Nebraska in that Orange Bowl. They won their first national championship. So that is memorable. Oh, man. 
Oh, this was so good. This is one of the best individual plays, Miami versus Florida State history. CMT tweeted to us. All he needed to tweet was the photo. And we know. Michael Barrow obliterating Tameric Vanover, one of the best hits I've seen, 1992 edition of Miami versus Florida State. I also tweeted out the video of that hit, so you can see CMT tweeted the picture. I tweeted the video. I could watch it on loop all day and all night. Uh, oh, man. You know, somebody somebody told me on Twitter that they love the show, but I've just I've got to stop reading the tweets from Better Duck because Better Duck, he's a Canes fan, but he's very negative. Should I read what Duck wrote? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Should I read Duck's response to your favorite Miami versus Florida State memory? I'm going to read it. Cover your ears. If you don't want to hear Duck's negativity, cover your ears. So in response to what's your best Miami versus Florida State memory, Better Duck responds, nothing. Entire rivalry was wiped away last season. What should have been a five-game winning streak for the Canes will now kick off another FSU win streak. All because the Canes folded under pressure. Mario will be fired after losing to FSU four times in a row. What a disgrace. Oh, Duck. Duck, why can't you just be positive for one time in your life? Uh, our friend uh, Marsh, Hurricane Marsh, responded, Daryl Langham breaking the streak in 2017. One of the happiest moments of my life as a sports fan. Real talk. That was amazing. Right? And... That was part of a great season for Miami football. 2017, that was the year they won 10 games. They got to the Orange Bowl. They won the Coastal that year. So that was the best season we've had in almost two decades. And that play, that touchdown pass from Malik Rozier and the grab by Daryl Langham was unfreaking believable Dex and a few others responded 52-10, to 10, that Miami blowout from, uh, from a few years back. ATM All Teams Miami says, my favorite memory is the game in driving rain against the Knolls when 26 terrorized them for 60 minutes. Unbelievable. You talk about Sean Taylor. That was uh, 03, I believe. The, the game, uh, if I'm thinking of the same, I think I think that, that, that was one 03 in the, the bad rain against Florida State in Tallahassee. And then all the Florida State fans' excuses were like, well, y'all only beat us because it was raining. It wasn't raining. We would have been. Was it only raining when Miami had the ball? What kind of nonsense? We only beat you because it was raining? Really? And then Miami beat Florida State a second time that year because they played in the Orange Bowl. And it was a closer game. So maybe that was because it was dry. It was a closer game. Miami still won the second time around. And yeah, a lot of people were, were tweeting to us um, about that, uh, that 2017 game, Daryl Langham. Ooh, uh, Lanya Benton says 2017 game and Labor Day 09. That was the Ja'Cory Harris game. We thought he was going to be a Heisman candidate. He played so well in that game. That was Bobby Bowden's last time facing Miami before he retired. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable Miami win. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Hunter Mayer says McGahee screen pass. That was 02. That was lit. Bro. I thought my that was also the wide left game. So the McGahee screen pass, which set up the Jason Gathers game winning touchdown, and then Xavier Bethia or Betia, the Florida State kicker, he missed the uh, the uh, the wide left uh, kick, and 
my heart was my heart was in my throat. That was such suspense. It was so crazy. And I'll end it with this. There were actually so many people tweeted this to me that uh, there's like too many to shout out. A bunch of you tweeted, which is like this is kind of true and also kind of sad, but also kind of not sad that your favorite Miami versus Florida State memory was actually the loss last year and the fourth and 14 collapse because many of you believe, and I can't necessarily argue it, but many of you believe if not for that loss to Florida State, Mario Cristobal wouldn't be here now, that they wouldn't have fired Manny Diaz, which means we wouldn't have the investments probably wouldn't have a new athletic director, at least not this new athletic director, probably wouldn't have the sort of NIL commitments and booster commitments that we have right now. So it's not a bad shout. It's not a bad shout that last year's pain and the fourth and 14 failure, you guys have turned a negative into a positive when you're seeing the big picture. So I like it. Huge thanks again to John Garcia Jr. for joining us. Uh, hope everyone has an awesome weekend coming up. We may or may not be doing a weekend episode this week. You never know. We did one last week. Uh, just keep watching us on Twitter at Locked on Canes and watch my personal Twitter at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And we will talk to you guys Monday, if not sooner. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow Locked on NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you guys Monday, if not sooner, on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.